0: Last week we looked at a narrative in Luke chapter 10 about Mary and Martha with Jesus. Mary and Martha are hosting Jesus at their house for a meal and Martha greets Jesus at the door, invites Jesus in, Jesus sits down and he's having a conversation with Mary. He'd like to have one with Martha, but she's distracted. She's too busy trying to be the perfect hostess. And Jesus knows that something's going on with Martha. He knows that she's angry at Mary for not get being up and helping her do all the serving. He knows that she's anxious and troubled, and he calls her out for it. And whenever I, I read that story, maybe you felt this way last week too, is that you always feels like Jesus nailed you and called out your inner Martha. Well, it's because he did. <laughs> In pre-quarantine, Jesus always nails us with that one. And maybe even during the quarantine, Jesus nails you with that one. You see that you've got more Martha running through your veins than you do Mary. See, all of us as Christians, our default position is a Martha position. We're busy doing Christian things too. Maybe the whole way you view your life is as a Christian. You, you view your roles As a spouse and as a parent and as an employer, as an employee, as a neighbor, and even as a church member, as all ways in which that you serve Jesus. But all that service has left you anxious, it's left you troubled. But now it's almost like you're being forced to be Mary. Maybe for you in the quarantine, uh, you've been viewing this whole thing as that you're bored. Your job maybe isn't as demanding. Maybe all your extracurriculars that you were doing in the evenings, on the weekends, and maybe even before you went to work, all that's been cut out. And now the pace of life has slowed down for you. I know that's not true for everybody, but it might be true for you. And maybe that Mary and Martha story reframed the whole pandemic for you. Maybe you're not bored. But maybe this is an opportunity for Jesus to leverage so that He might get you to sit and listen to Him, to work out your inner Martha. But maybe as you heard that passage actually, you got all inspired. You're like, hey, I'm going to start doing some sitting and listening. I'm going to quit being on my cell phone so much. I'm not going to be as distracted. You know, post-pandemic, I'm going to limit my commitments. But I think what we'll find out from our text today is that this isn't about making new commitments. It isn't about making uh, new resolutions. This whole way of living the Mary kind of life instead of the Martha kind of life is a reorientation of the way we think about our whole lives. And that's what our text brings us today. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Let's read them together. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, look who Jesus addresses there in verse 28. He addresses the weary and the heavy laden. In other words, Jesus is talking to the Marthas of the world, the busy people. And I think one of the reasons that we're so busy is that we lean more into our potential than we do our limitations. More into our potential than we do our limitations. I mean, think about the creation narrative. The creation narrative uh, before the fall describes human beings with two different terms. The first one is is that we're made in the image of God. And this is very unique. Nothing else is made in the image of God except for human beings. And being made in the image of God doesn't mean that we look like. God in terms of our features, but what it means to be made in the image of God is that we do some of the things that God does. See, we are told to rule over creation. The animals, the agriculture, we are to rule over it in such a way not to strip it of its value and apply its value for our own good as images of God, but we're to rule over it in such a way that we bring out all its potentialities that we bring forth its ultimate flourishing. That's what it means to be made in the image of God, to rule. That's why God rules over us. So it's a glorious function that not just Adam and Eve, but even now that we get to steward creation in such a way to bring God glory, image of God. Potential is unlimited in some ways for us as human beings. But there's another term that's used in the creation account to describe human beings. It's dust. You and I are limited because we're made up of biodegradable particles. Being made from dust means that we've got to come face to face with our mortality. We've got to come face to face that we are finite. We have real limitations, don't we? And which do you think our culture invites us to live into more, our potential or our limitations? One author that I saw joked that he was going to write a book, and he was going to entitle it, Accepting Your Limitations, How to Make Peace with Your Mortality and Cosmic Insignificance. He said he wanted to write it, but he wasn't going to write it because he knew it wouldn't sell because that's not a narrative that we want to buy, is it? We would rather be live into the potential. We would rather want to know everything kind of like God knows everything. He's omniscient. We'd rather try to do everything just like God. He's omnipotent. We'd try to like to try to be everywhere at one time, don't we? just like God, omnipresent. And you know what that will get you? Living into your potential and only your potential and not also your limitations? It'll get you weary and heavy laden. Might also cause IBS, might also cause hypertension. And if you were Jesus, what would you do with people who only want to live into their potential but not their limitation? What would you want to do if you were Jesus and you had a bunch, of heavy, heavy, a bunch of weary, heavy-laden people to deal with? I'd be put off by them. I'd scorn them. I'd ignore them. I'd let them wither and die. Not Jesus. What Jesus does with weary and heavy-laden people is that he offers them rest. Rest. Well, when you think of rest, what comes to mind? What's the picture that comes to mind when you think rest? Well, it might be a good Netflix binge. It's pretty likely. I mean, as Americans, we average seven hours a day of television. Maybe rest for you is being able to scroll through your social media feeds without any regard to time. That's restful for you. That's likely. As Americans, we average two hours a day of social media consumption. Maybe it's a tall adult drink to try to take the edge off. Maybe that's your picture of rest. Now, now I'm not trying to make alcohol consumption, watching Netflix, scrolling through social media prohibitions uh, and make those the 11th, 12th, and 13th commandments. But maybe that's not what Jesus has in mind when he thinks about rest. Maybe our attempts at rest really are just escapist habits. They help us escape from the burdens that we feel. They help us forget the pain for just a moment. But then they come back on us, our burdens do. And we feel even more exhausted than before we did when we started our escapist habits. So what should we do? How should we think about rest? What's the solution? Look at verse 29. Jesus tells us that if we want rest, we have to take responsibility. We have to take his yoke upon us. And yoke here is Y-O-K-E. It's not Y-O-L-K like the egg. And we don't use this word yoke very much. What does it mean? Well, yoke means burden. It means obedience. And you might say, "I I thought Jesus was taking my burdens from me to give me rest, and now he's giving me a different burden? The answer to that question is yes. Rest does not mean an action. It does not mean passive reception. The rest that Jesus offers you is a responsibility that you were made for. It's a responsibility that's fitting. Look at verse 30. Verse 30, is that when it says easy and light, it's getting at a burden that's easy and light. In other words, you can take a burden that leaves you weary and heavy laden, like Martha, or you can take upon yourself a burden that's easy and light, like Mary. So which will you choose? And maybe you start thinking about, well, if I take upon uh, Mary's burden that's easy and light, sounds pretty relaxing. Jesus offers me rest. Mary just sat and listened but maybe that doesn't sound relaxing to you. Maybe it sounds really scary. Maybe it sounds like your personal definition of hell. Because you start thinking, well, what's Jesus going to do to me? If I'm going to sit, I'm going to listen, no screen, no book, no sounds, no people, and I'm sitting alone with Jesus, What's he going to do? Is he going to take away something from me that I love? Is he going to add something else to my plate? Is he going to shame me about my past? might sound scary. It might sound really boring to you. Gosh, sit by myself, quiet. Sounds dull. I'll probably just fall asleep. But notice what is in this text. It doesn't say that sitting with Jesus is going to be boring. It doesn't say that it's scary. Look how Jesus describes himself. Jesus describes himself in verse 29 as gentle and lowly in heart. Gentle and lowly in heart. Now, I know that throughout the gospel, Jesus isn't always like this. I mean, he didn't suffer the religious elites very well. He wasn't afraid to confront people, call them out like he did Martha. But think about what Jesus did with sufferers. Think about what Jesus did to people who were broken, who were hurting, people who were needy. Well, he was always gentle and lowly in heart with them, wasn't he? I bet if you found any of those characters walking around the streets of Lexington, that they were alive today, you found one of those. And you said, hey, when, when you were needy and you came to Jesus, I'm going to give you a list of words. I want you to check all the ones that apply. I can guarantee you, if your list included gentle and lowly in heart, they are guaranteed to have checked those boxes. Because that's the way Jesus is with those who are weary and heavy laden. See, when I first sat down and um, with the text, this text, these three verses from Matthew 11 this week, uh, the thing that jumped off the page uh, to me w- was that first phrase, verse 28. Come to me. Let me think, gosh, doesn't Matthew say something like this in a couple other places? And he does. Matthew 4, uh, verse 19. Jesus is calling Peter and Andrew to be his disciples, and he says, come after me. There's another place in Matthew. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, he says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and follow me. Come after me. Matthew 4, Matthew 16, But that's not what Jesus says here in Matthew 11, is it? In Matthew chapter 11, the phrase is not come after me, it's come to me. It's a tender call of intimacy for all those who are weary and heavy laden. How's that land on you? Come to me. Does it make you uncomfortable to think that Jesus wants to have compassion on you? Does it make you uncomfortable to think of yourself as being weary and heavy laden? Well, maybe Jesus is more aware of your exhausted state than you are. Or maybe for you, when you hear these words, come to me, you prefer come after me. I mean, come after me gives you a sense of mission. It gives you a sense of purpose. But come to me might sound just a little bit too mushy for you. But maybe... You know you're heavy laden and weary. You're exhausted. And the thought that Jesus actually wants to offer you rest, this sounds like the best thing you've ever heard of. You're intrigued. You want to know more. What does this look like? Well, Keep joining us in the weeks to come. Come see what a life of being at rest with Jesus just might look like. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and um, Lord, I pray that you would use it and make us different people, not just people who had their minds enlightened or their hearts inspired or even their behavior changed, uh, but Lord, people that are very different, that are transformed from the inside out because you've met us. Do this work in us, dear Jesus. Amen.